welcome to the show. I've got a great guest today, singer Bo Lastovich. He's uh, the singer of the band True Villains. So if you've never heard of uh, this band, you well, you have now. Uh, they're a great band. They've got two songs out right now at the time of this recording. Uh, but they are there are more to come. And I've heard some of this stuff on YouTube. Uh, everything I've heard has been great. Their old stuff, their covers, the, the new couple of songs they got. I'm really looking forward to new music from these guys. Uh, Bo is a great singer, and he's a super nice guy. It was really good chatting with him about moving from Minnesota to Nashville, uh, joining the band True Villains, opening for Steel Panther, trying out for American Idol, all sorts of stuff. So get to know Bo on this interview. Make sure to check out the band True Villains music as well. Uh, welcome to the show. The Chuck Shoot Podcast, Bo Lastovich, and I, I think I said that right. Yep, that's right. A nickname is uh, Boo Boo Baggins. Tell me about that one. <laughs> Where'd you hear that from? I have my sources. I think it was on your Facebook or something. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that was actually like something my my friends in college would call me. What is it? What's the meaning behind it? There really isn't one. I don't know. They were like super <laughs> into they were super into Lord of the Rings, and I don't know. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baggins. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Baggins. Gotcha. Okay. So you're from Minnesota, Big Lake. Is that right? Yes, sir. What? Tell me about yes, that sir. town. Is that small? How far is that from like uh, the Minneapolis and stuff? Uh, It's probably like 45 to 50 minutes north of the cities. Very, very small town. Mm. Um. Yeah. There's not a hot, whole lot going on there. They have like a potato festival every year called Slud <laughs> Fest. Oh. And that was like that was like my claim to fame growing up when I was in like high school and stuff. Playing at Spudfest was like the thing to do. Playing music. That was yeah, that was like the one that was like the one thing every single year where they would have like live bands. Okay. Cool. That so for, were for younger people, you know, like people like kids in middle school and high school and just people from the town would gather and go watch people play. Okay. So you got into music at a young age. Your, your grandmother played the piano and, and she got you a piano and you started on piano and then eventually you moved to guitar. Cause that's obviously the cooler instrument. Yep. Uh, yeah, she would just play a lot and, um, ended up taking some lessons and did it for a while. And then later on I had discovered rock music and then I was like, Oh, I want to get yeah. right. Cause you started on country and then you got Motley Crue's greatest hits and it was like the same. It was the same thing for me. I got the decade of decadence. That's even before the greatest hits. That's how old I am. But that album, I remember going, wow, this is really good stuff. And that changed your world. And you were influenced also by Steven Tyler, Sebastian Bach, Axl Rose. And this is interesting. You love kicks. Man, you already know, like every, you already know everything. I know. <laughs> then that's cool. Uh, Cause I had uh, Brian Forsyth from kicks on my show. So I don't know if you you should listen to that episode. It's like, it's an interesting history of that band too, for sure. But that's one of your favorite. That's an interesting band to name as one of your favorites. Uh, I just think they're a really great. It's not like, they're not like my favorite band song wise, but yeah. live, they're just like, they're just like a badass live band. Like that's definitely their thing. I had seen them multiple times just at other festivals. I'd kind of played at over okay. the years. Yeah. You know, they were, they were at a lot of those like, I don't know, festivals that I guess they had a lot of 80s bands or mm. older older bands. And I did, I had never heard any of their songs before. I didn't even know who they were. And then right. I got on stage and started playing. And I was like, damn, this band is badass. Their singer, I think his name's Steve. Steve Whiteman, yeah. He's really good. He's, Dude, he was 
so sick. Yeah, he's, it, they still sound really good to this day, I feel like even. I, I saw them a oh, few yeah, years they, ago. They yeah. sounded great, too. I Are, just didn't know any of their songs or anything, but I was still like mesmerized by their show because they just put on a great, like, very, they don't need, like, you know, f- explosions and fire mm-hmm. or anything. They just, like, put on a simple, plain, really good show. Absolutely. No, for sure. I, I've only seen them once. I'd love to see them again, though, once shows start happening, of course. Are you a Rat fan? Because I feel like your voice sounds very similar to Stephen Piercy from Rat. Has anyone ever told you that before? Actually, our producer, Nick, has mentioned that like a couple of times. Or he's always like, oh, if I ever have something where we're going to like cover some Rat songs. Yes. Like, he, he was like kept talking about like like just doing some demos like or not dem- like just recording music for fun. He's yeah. like, oh, if we ever do a rap cover, I'm getting in here, getting you in here to do some vocals. <laughs> Dude, and I don't think, it's not like you choose that. That's just kind of how your voice sounds, right? Like you're, you're not doing it, you know, on purpose, right? I mean, it's just, that's just your no. natural voice. He's the only one that I've ever had, and now you saying mm-hmm. that, okay. but he's the only other, on the only other person that I've ever had say that to me before. Yeah, but you, I mean, you've got quite a vocal range. Like I heard you guys do a cover of uh, Monkey Business by Skid Row, and I've also heard you sing... Uh, Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine. Those are not easy songs to sing, but you nail both of them. I mean, is it harder to sing those songs? Like, do you have to practice that a lot? Um, or does it like wreck your throat? Is it, is it better to not practice because you might overdo it? Or how does that work? Uh, no, I just, in high school, or definitely when I was learning how to play, I started out doing a lot of the hair metal stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so my like early bands that I was in was, you know, cover bands. And I was still just getting into listening to music. So my other like bandmates had started introducing me to all these other bands. Mm. And uh, I don't know, I guess we just did a lot of hair metal. And so I'd slowly like learned how to do that technique more. Okay. And that was what we'd do. You know, we would go into a bar and we would play for three hours and we would do like all Megadeth, Metallica, nice. Rat, uh, you know, a bunch of bunch of other hair hair band stuff too Def Leppard and Poison and all that stuff yeah and you love the song in a darkened room I also love that song by Skid Row very difficult song to sing I remember seeing that Sebastian do that live in the uh, Skid Row home videos Um, can you sing that one have you tried that yeah uh, I've covered that in one band before just for like just because I wanted to for myself I love the the music video how the end like goes to that live reel yeah i don't know if you've ever seen the music video but towards the yes. end it like it's been a while off. yeah it cuts off in the court and then it goes to like a live real thing of him doing it and it's i don't know that's just yeah. probably why i like that song so much no he's one of my favorite singers absolutely and so your parents were really supportive of your music you, you played a lot as a kid and they supported you doing this because some parents like you know they don't want their kids playing rock and roll but did you find like the motley crew cd was that your parents or how did you yeah, that was my, that was my, I think it was my dad's. Or okay. Had a, they just had a bunch of CDs oh. and they were kind of like up in this little like cabinetry space that was next to the garage. And in the garage is where I had all my stuff set up. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a little like drum set in there mm. and my guitar amp and that's where my band would practice. So we would, I would just like go in the little cabinet area and grab a CD and then I would go in the garage and like just start listening to whatever it was, whatever looked cool, you know, looking at the covers and the artwork and the bands, or I'd ask my my parents about it. I'd be like, Oh, who's this? And, and then as I got into it more too, my dad started going to the stores more and they would like purposely buy other CDs. Like Mm. I remember going into Best Buy once and he just bought like a Jackal, uh, disc that was like 
another one of like all their greatest hits. So then I started listening to that and Oh, that's a fun band. Yeah, he's got the chainsaw. Other new bands. Absolutely. So you went to St. Cloud State University and you went there for music, but it was more like classical music. So then you you ended up getting your degree in communications with a minor in music. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So did you play in other bands while you were at, in school? Uh, Yeah, I played in a band up in um, St. Cloud. Was that lit up? Was yeah, that it was, the- it was it was uh it was called Dirty Circus. Oh, that's kind of a cool name. We were definitely like a cover band. We had a couple of original songs. Okay. We would play those too, but we mostly did like covers and we were like a party band, you know. Nice. It was where we went to college and then after I graduated from college, like the I didn't even walk at my ceremony because I left that Is that for Ivy day. Stone. Yep, the day of to go meet up yeah. with Ivy Stone. That's a good band too. I they have a few songs on Spotify. You guys sounded good. Thanks, man. Yeah. So uh, when was it around? Was it around this time that uh, 2013 that you tried out for American Idol? Was this late? Was that later? That was in the Dirty Circus times when I was in college, like very, very end of college. Okay. That I did that. So you're still in college. So 2013, you decide that you're going to drive to Chicago. And I heard you say that it was 10,000 people at this tryout in Chicago. And you were one of the 39 who got to go to Hollywood, right? It was so long ago. I don't even remember. There was, I mean, it was a stadium. It was a ton of people. I, don't, I can't remember. Who, there was definitely more than that that had gotten chosen, I think. Or, oh, it's by city. So, yeah, there's not very many people that get chosen from each city. I don't, it was so long ago. I can't remember. It was, it was crazy though. Yeah. Drove yeah. out there, slept in my car, and then <laughs> made the trek back home. Wow. So, but they, then they, they what? They fly you out to Hollywood or how's that work? Yeah, and then they yeah, and then they just I guess it, they just paid for our flights and sent us the flight information and said this is when you're going and then you just go there. Did they get your hotel too and everything? Or? Yeah, they yeah. Had, yeah. So so when you when you go to the airport and you're like walking around and then you, you see like in the waiting area, it was like oh man, all these other people look like you know artist type music people, mm. and it's basically like the entire flight. Everybody on that flight was all like you know, involved with the American Idol thing somehow, like singer singers or some crew people or, uh, I don't know, some of their family members, if they decided to go out there and then you get there in the hotel too, they've already booked out like, you know, the whole hotel because they're using the conference area to shoot other stuff for background footage. And then all of the other singers are there too. And how, so how many episodes did you make it on how many rounds or I don't know how, I don't really watch that show too much, but I know it's like goes through like each week they cut people, right? I don't even think it's a show anymore. Is it? <laughs> I don't know, but you wanted to do it because Steven Tyler was a judge, but then he wasn't the judge when you try. <laughs> yeah. So when you're going through the preliminary rounds, you don't know who the judges are. Right. And he had been a judge the two seasons before that. So I was like, oh man, even if I like, I guess I didn't really know much about how the preliminary rounds worked or how many they were. But I was like, Oh, I can go try out and maybe I'll meet Steven Tyler. And then I w- went and tried out and I made it past the first round. I was like, well, I might as well go to the second round. And then I yeah. made it past that one. I was like, well, I might as well go to the next one. And then, and then you get to the, I got to the actual part where it's like the TV filming people and he, and they told us who the judges were and it wasn't him. And I was like, so mad. Oh, really? So, <laughs> Because I saw the interview with you and you're like, yeah, I, I tried out so I could meet Steven Tyler, who I just found out is not a judge. Yeah, <laughs> Those, he wasn't there. So who was it? Nicki Minaj? Is that who it was? 
Mm-hmm. And who are the other Nikki Minaj, Keith Urban? Oh, Randy was still there. Okay, and then I, and then I think it was Mariah Carey. Oh, there's four. Okay, yeah, there's four that year for some reason. I don't. They changed that show so much, yeah. like how everything works. You know, they're always like experimenting. But that must have given you were still on TV, right? So it got you some exposure. Uh, I was on there for like a second. I was hardly on there. Oh, really? They didn't show you very much. I mean, I def I definitely got some stuff out of it. We, my band at the time, like we got some cool gigs, like played some fest festivals, like Rock Fest in Wisconsin. Okay. I mean, I got that right away after the American Idol thing, just nice. because I was on it, I guess, and because I was a rock person, and there really wasn't very many rock person people. And sure. then I, I made friends too with like the one other rock singer that was on there and um, his band and our band, we went on tour that summer and we call it the American Idol reject tour. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Who was the other guy? Uh, his name is Gabe Brown and their band was called hell for stout. Okay. Hmm. Nice. Uh, they were, they were a really cool band. Honestly, they were way better than we were. <laughs> they oh. were like a really cool original band, but then they ended up getting this manager that pretty much just destroyed their whole band gotcha okay so you and you yeah, you ended up touring with bands for a couple of years before moving to nashville you went there on yep. a vacation and you decided you're like this is you were looking at texas maybe seattle or la and you decided on nashville so was there like some fear or hesitation at all in making that move because that's a pretty big to you know uproot yourself and away from your family and friends in your hometown uh no i was just ready to go somewhere new and I figured that if it sucked, I could always just move to another place until right. I found the right place. So I wasn't too worried about it. And I had just seen that there was a lot of musicians there. Um, I and then eventually, to one of my friend, one like my best friend who I'd played with in many of those bands, he moved like a month or two after I had moved down here mm. already. So then, and and I had already met the band that I'm playing with now, True Villains, like. I kind of met them online and I was oh. like, well, at least I know some people right when I moved to town so I can like start playing with somebody and kind of just meet people through the music scene. And then I got here and it was like, you know, just easy to start making friends and connections. Yeah. Tell me about Nashville. Cause I I've talked about it many times on the podcast. So I'm sure my audience is sick of hearing me talk about how awesome it is, but you explain it to the, like, I mean, cause I feel like there's just music everywhere in that city. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, seven days a week all the time. I mean, it's different right now with COVID obviously, Yeah. but taking that out of the equation, you know, it's music seven days a week, music 24 seven. You can go to tons of clubs and hear all different genres, or you can go to the main strip of Broadway and, you know, there's endless cover bands playing from country to rock, to pop, uh, to, I don't know, reggae. Oh, is it reggae? Really? Yeah. It depends where you, where you, where you go. Okay. In town. Yeah. Cause There's I like, had, um, certain, certain um, clubs that have tons of music. Okay. Yeah. Cause I had rich Redmond. He's a Jason Aldean's drummer and he was on yep. here and he was telling me about when he was there, he was there for, I mean, it was a long time before they got signed before he found Jason. He said he played in like every kind of different band. Like, like you said, reggae and metal and country and folk and like all sorts of different kinds of music. It's all over the place. Cause, cause I think when people think of Nashville, at least when I used to think of it, it was like all country, but now it's, it's more just literally the music city where it's different kinds of music. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, when I first moved here too, 
I went to a bar and I heard my first rock band and I was like, oh, sick. So I followed, or no, you know, when I came here on vacation, I actually went to a show and I had heard a rock band there, like just kind of stumbled into this place that now is gone because the tornado oh. blew it away. Oh, but uh, it was called the Sorry. Basement East and there was a rock band that was playing there that night. And I was like, oh, boom, already found rock music. Mm. So is there, knew a, it could be that hard. Is there a rock club now that's like kind of the go-to rock club in Nashville? Cause there's a lot of rockers down there. Um, there's a new club that just opened. Mm. Uh, they, they had their grand opening right before the COVID shutdowns. Uh, ouch. And it's called, uh, it's called Bowie's and it's kind of downtown, but it's off the strip. Okay. So there's a lot of like local people that go and hang out there and they pretty much only do rock music. So oh. I'd say that's like the new up and coming kind of rock place. Um, otherwise there's always like exit in, which is like a very famous club. And then oh, the basement, okay. which is also another like infamous club. I think Metallica played in there once and it's, wow. a, t- it's a tiny room that play- probably fits 150 people. Maybe hmm. that sounds fun. Yeah. I, we went there for the NFL draft, uh, not this past one, but the year before. And it was okay. insane. And I, I always ask people like, is it always like that? They're like, yeah, it's always like that. There's music in every bar. I mean, our Uber driver was telling us like there was live music in McDonald's. Like it's just literally every, like not even every bar. It's like restaurants, stores. And it's, it was insane. I, I mean, I was like in heaven. I, I, cause I love live music, but it's hard to find in most other cities. For sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really. I've never experienced anything that was quite like Nashville for that. Cause you, you know, I've been to Austin and been yeah. to Vegas and, been, other places, yep. and they have, it's not at the same level right. as here. Exactly. My uh, coworker used to say uh, Nashville is like Austin on steroids because it's just like there's live music in Austin, but this is like, you know, times 10 in Nashville. It's really cool. So, yeah. So tell me about the true villains. The band was already formed uh, when they uh, found you, right? They, they fire their other, they let their other singer go and then they hired you. You found him on Craigslist. Isn't that right? Yeah, I found him on Craigslist. Um so they had kind of already formed as the bass player, Barry, Tim, the guitar player, and Matt, the drummer. And then they had a singer at the time and they played, I think that they already knew it was kind of going south because mm. I had talked to them. And then uh, when I was still living in Minnesota and they yeah. played one show with this guy and he, it just like didn't work out. Cause sure. It was just not a good thing, I guess. Not a good fit. And, sure. Uh, that happens. Yeah. Um. And then I moved down. Did you have to try out then before or they already heard tape of you or something? No, I think I just sent them some samples and okay. we just talked. And then I was like, I guess I was just confident that when I moved down and they jammed with me, they would already like me. So I was, <laughs> I was like, good. Oh, we'll jam and then they'll hear me sing and it'll be fine. Yeah. So, so I moved down and we actually, when I moved down, I, didn't have a place to stay. So I went to the guitar player, Tim's place and just crashed on his couch for a couple of days until I found my own spot. Okay. And we had a, and then we rented a, we rented a spot here called diamond studios and we did a jam there and played through some of the like tracks that they kind of sent me that they had like instrumental stuff and then just tried to write like a couple songs and it went good. And then we played our first show to like, I was less than a month. Oh, okay. I was here. And we played our first show, I think like on Valentine's day. 
Oh, nice. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I think you guys have like, it's such a cool uh, look of the band. Do you think that makes a big difference with the, with the, it's, it's a cool name. It's a cool logo. You guys have the look, like you got the long hair, you know, your, your guitarist and bassist got the big manly beards and stuff. I mean, <laughs> is that like all by design? No, I actually, there's like a picture on my phone from us at that first gig. Yeah. And then like a picture now and we look dramatically different. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think I saw one and you had like kind of hair a little bit longer than mine. It was like Kurt Cobain. Yeah. When I, when I first moved to town, I had pretty short hair and I don't know, I guess eventually we caught on. We should, we were just trying to like work on our image more the too. Image, and yeah. we, we were a four piece and then became a five piece eventually when we added greg the keyboard player mm-hmm. and greg already looked cool anyways but, <laughs> but that's a big piece of the of a band right is like is partly the look is that for what, sure yeah for sure and also i think the attitude in other words like do you think maybe that sometimes you're maybe too nice or too modest because like the guys you look up to like axel rose and sebastian bach i mean those guys are definitely not modest like do you think that's part of the act of being a singer in a rock band is being kind of like the bad boy and cocky and i mean no i mean i don't really even like look up to those singers anymore i just thought they were they were like the first people that like got me into music okay because i mean i love tons of other like new bands you know i saw you had uh nick from joyous wolf yes on here. he's amazing discovering like other bands i really like this band right now called broken love oh um, if you haven't heard them yet i think I've, that sounds familiar they're newer they're, yeah yeah, they're super cool. Is it spelled um, weird or something? I feel like is it no? Is yeah, it's spelled B R K N. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. You know, Royal Blood, Dinosaur Pileup. Like I love all kinds of different bands. Those were just like the initial singers that I had like heard and got me into music. And I guess I was surprised because it was like you know those are all vocalists that are guys that have like a really big range. Right. Like you. And so that was the first thing that I was like, oh, that's pretty cool i've never heard a dude do that before yeah and it's you know it's it is like a skill or something that you develop not that you have to sing like that to like write good songs mm-hmm. you know right there's just it's like it's just another cool technique yeah no it's nice to have that tool in your arsenal like that's what i, I mean i love about axel rose he's got the range he sings so high but that he can also sing so deep when he does like uh it's so easy and stuff like that it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all the same guy. I think he's got the highest vocal or the biggest vocal range of any singer. I thought I saw some statistic about that or something that where they tracked it. Who knows? I, oh, like over all the recording process. Yeah. Like from like highest to lowest, he can sing the highest note and the lowest. Cause some of the guys that can sing high, they can't sing low. Like he has a very deep voice. Have you ever heard him speak yeah. or do some of the songs where he, he sings low? He sing he can sing very low and high. That's pretty amazing. For sure. Do you now? Do you um? Did you really? You do the you like do the fire breathing on stage? Are you still doing that? Uh, not here in Nashville. Oh man, because I saw a video of you doing that. I was like, that is freaking cool. You don't see that very very often with bands doing that. There's not that many like. There's not very many. I guess we just haven't played too many outdoor shows where we had the opportunity to do it. Mm. We played like one motorcycle rally at Loretta Lynn's Ranch. Uh, like two falls ago or so okay i did it there but even that was like not fully outdoors but it was just like the root the ceiling was way way high like it was big enough to where it's like oh i could do it in here and it's safe but other places that we played it's like "Mm, no yeah better safe than sorry but so if if the venue is big enough you'll do that in the future shows it's 
I'm only going to do if it's an outdoor venue because I'm not going to run the risk of. Sure, sure. But you'll do it again is what I'm saying. Like if I came to see you or if you guys come to Phoenix and you do an outdoor show, you'll do it. It'll do it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, because that's so cool. I have nothing against it. It's fun. It's cool. It looks awesome. And then you guys got to open for Steel Panther. Was that like on a tour or did you just do like a couple shows? Uh, Yeah, it was a it was a tour. It was for. It was a short tour, though. I think it was like a week and a half or two weeks, and it was hmm. pretty much all the south uh, eastern states. Okay, nice. That's very but cool. It was, it was fun. The first one was actually here in Nashville, so it was like a great way to kick off the tour. Do you now? Do you go back and watch them after you guys play? Because I'm such a big fan of theirs, and every time I've, I've seen them, my girlfriend gets so sick. Of, every time we go to Vegas or whatever, we would go see them, mm-hmm. and she's so sick of seeing them. But I love it because. Every time I've seen them, the show is different. I've never seen them do the same thing. They always like mix up the comedy and the, and the set list is always different. Is that, was that the same on that tour as well? I mean, it's not, it was this, there was a couple shows where they did something different, but I'd already been, you know, a fan of them from when I was in college. We used to like my cover band that I was in that dirty circus band. I was in, yeah. we actually used to cover a bunch of steel Panther songs. Oh, nice. We would play like, community property and 17 girls in a row and girl from Oklahoma. And yeah. So I, I had been following them for a long time and, uh, and yeah. So when, when I, I mean, they're, they're, they're always changing it up. They're like shtick, their comedy thing and came to learn a lot more about that and how they came to be by through other gigs that I got here in Nashville, which was like kind of cool to learn more about their backstory. And they're actually coming to Nashville. I think, this weekend okay yeah the drummer wore your t-shirt isn't that right yeah sticks yeah so they have fan they must be a fan of yours if they had you open for him right he's he especially him is like you know he'll help us out when we need need something or even if we have questions you know he's like just call me anytime and like wow so it's nice to have people like that that'll you know, help you out or be in your corner. Yeah, that's badass. So let's talk about your songs. Cause that's how I uh, discovered. I can't remember if you followed me first or if I followed you guys. Um, but then one day, all of a sudden, I think you or the band posted a song and I was like, Oh, I'll check this out. I listened. And I was like, I was blown away. I'd never heard you guys before. Um, what is your role in the songwriting? Like, do you write the lyrics, the music, both or neither? Or? Uh, no, we kind of just like write together and we have like a storage unit that we all meet up in. Okay. And then we like jam and practice and write. And so we, it like every song is different, you know, sometimes Tim will have a riff or I'll have a riff or Barry does or something. And then we'll just like get in the unit and we'll just start jamming and try to come up with something, and whatever, you know, sticks, sticks. Okay. And then I'll usually do the lyrics. Um, but more recently too, like, Matt, the drummer, and Greg, the keyboard player, have been like fit, helping out with some stuff too. Oh, especially when, when we were like, especially with these last couple songs, uh, those last two that we recorded, but we haven't released yet. Okay, it was kind of just like, oh, we're getting in the studio now. We got to finish these songs now because the producer liked them. Gotcha. And, yeah, it was, like the lyrics weren't fully finished yet, so they kind of helped with that. And Greg, the keyboard player, he actually like does his own solo stuff where he, oh. you know, sings and writes okay. his own music. So yeah. he's already in writing lyrics. Gotcha. Matt, Matt does that too a little bit. Yeah. So tell me, uh, back up a minute and tell me about your producer, Nick. Uh, I can't even, I don't even know how to say his last name. Rascal something. Rascal. 
Rascalinux. Rascalinux, yeah. So he's worked with Foo Fighters, Velvet Revolver, Alice in Chains. I mean, he's got a pretty good resume. What does he bring to the table with the songs? Uh, well, he's like the first person that's ever been able to like cap- capture the sound that we're trying to get recording wise. Okay. You know, I don't. It was just a lot of other times when we recorded. It was just like you know, at the end, we're kind of like disappointed. It's like this doesn't sound as big as it should, or it doesn't mm. sound like we sound live. And uh, yeah, Nick was able to get that or what what we wanted, and he really helps the songs move along in advance too. You know, just by adding small things, like working with it. He's very much the first time I met him. He's super hands on. He reminded me of like Jack Black. If you've seen, you know, any movie that Jack Black's in, yeah. his character is just like himself. Right. I guess you'd say. And Nick is kind of like that kind of character too. Like always playing air guitar, air drums, like <laughs> up in your face. Just like School of Rock, Jack Black is what you're yeah. saying? Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, so the the I think you got two songs that are technically out right now. The Villain, which is a really catchy, melodic, heavy, but it's like not too heavy. It's loud and aggressive. It's just kind of like a fun, cool vibe. To me, this is like perfect sound for rock music. This is how rock should sound. Are you getting a pretty good, uh, 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 is that what reception from that? Is that what other people are telling you as well? They really love it. Yeah, actually we did like a post on our Instagram the other day asking people if they like blood in the water more or the villain. And yeah. more people said the villain, which was surprising mm-hmm. because uh, from like all the industry people that, we've like sent our music to they're like oh blood in the water blood in the water blood in the water that's like that's like the single you should be pushing or this is what you should be showing people or pushing around but it seems like i'm more people voted for the villain so i don't know yeah i'm i'm trying to kind of decide i love blood in the water as well it's very similar to the other single um but i think that song has a little bit more of a 90s vibe to it maybe like i'd almost say like Candlebox. do you remember that band yeah, I do. Yeah, I almost say a little bit like that. Like it's real. They're both really, really good songs. Um, and then I heard some other songs that I don't know if I, you said like, oh, I thought we deleted those. I was like, well, I found them. Um, like Electric Blue, Cut Me Loose, Some of Your Lovin', and these feel like total throwback bluesy rock songs. Like again, it, it reminds me of the Rat, like uh, the the rat, the rat song, Way Cool Junior. I think I can't remember which one of them. I think it might be Cut Me Loose. It almost sound it's very similar to that song in a good way. Those are, yeah, those are like songs from when we first started. Okay. And now we're kind of in this, you know, rebranding phase and we Mm. still play a lot of those songs at our live shows, but you know, we just kind of took it down because we don't want to, we want to give like a new representation of what we kind of do. And maybe someday we'll record those songs again, especially like Cut Me Loose. I mean, we, that's like the first song we played together and, uh, we just wanted to have a sound that wasn't totally Nashville either, you know, yeah. like those songs all have that bluesish sh- sound. I like it. Where it has a little bit of that. So that's why we're trying to do some other stuff that was more straight down the, you know, s- straight rock. Yeah. So given to me, that's like a fast paced kind of melodic. It kind of has like a Led Zeppelin guitar riff and like the woo hoo, like the gang vocal. On. Are you going to record that? That's a good song too. We actually have, we haven't played that song in like two years at least. Mm. I don't, I don't even know if I remember. I I remember. Yeah, I remember that song. But if you told us to like play it, we would. It would sound like shit. Okay. What about uh, more than I can chew? Because I, I feel like that that that's got more cowbell. It's got the cowbell at the beginning. That's a good one too. Are you going to record that one? Uh, I don't know. It's 
It's we've recorded a lot of those songs. Okay. And we have other songs too that we recorded from a different producer that we were working with. But then the sound just wasn't what we wanted it to be. Mm. And so it's like we just put all that stuff, you know, in some file that'll probably never be open for a long time. All right. Well, I like them. It's like all these secret songs that yeah. maybe we'll like record someday and we'll give to some super fans or something. Oof, I don't know. That's me. I'm a super fan. Dig Your Grave. I love that song. Hurt Like You. It's kind of got the Metallica sad but true vibe to it. I love that song. So I don't know if any you're going to release any of those. And then I heard you guys do some covers, uh, Lincoln Park's Numb and uh, also a cover of Eddie Money's Take Me Home Tonight. That's one of my favorite songs. Would you ever record uh, the covers or are those only for live performances? Because like you said, I had uh, Nick Reese from Joyous Wolf on here and he they did a cover of Mississippi Queen and that became yep. their most well-known song. And that kind of pisses him off because he wants to be known for their original work. So do you agree with that or would you record a cover just to get more recognition? Um. I mean, I, yeah, I, I watched that interview and I get where he's coming from too. Uh, I mean, we do the, if you've ever been to the strip, you know, we play on the strip and mm-hmm. do cover shows too. Cause that's how we kind of, we're like an end you know, we're not on a label. We don't, you're have not on any, a label yet. No, we don't have any wow. of that. We're an independent band. Everything that we do is wow. funded by ourselves, by what we do. So, you know, we play on the strip and we'll do covers and stuff, but and we thought about like rec- cup, like you know, doing covers just for fun. Definitely not something I want to like, you know, do like they did, where you know they make you record a music video for it, and they really push that. Oh. You know, if we did it, it's more like just for fun kind of thing. Sure. Or, or I'd rather do something that was like you know a pop song. Like we play some stuff by like The Weekend. Oh. Or like things that we kind of make, we make our own, you know, they're, they're like a different genre song, but we'll make them our own. I love them. Rock song. I love that. Are you still playing with the spasmatics, which is, I think it's kind of like an eighties pop uh, cover band, right? Uh, yeah, no, I'm not really doing that anymore. It's just, I, uh, I don't know. I got offered some gigs actually like just last week, but there's like a costume that you have to wear with it. And I kind of got, got rid of that right okay so yeah because what else do you like yeah villains is staying busy doing what we're doing okay and that's the spasmatics thing's cool but it's part of the shtick which is actually the thing that i was just telling you about how i learned about how steel panther came to be is because they used to be part of that uh that business Mm, the cover band business it's it's like a it's more than that though you know there's like like the spasmatic thing. There's a there's a concept behind it where you dress up as these characters yeah. and you pretend to be this thing. And there's okay. there's dance moves and that you make jokes. You know, okay. it's it's like <sighs> it's like the Steel Panther. It's hard. You have to just look it up on YouTube. It's okay, to, I love Steel Panther. I mean, I love the comedy and I love their music and I love their covers. Their covers are insanely awesome because they do covers of all those 80s songs and they make they change the words a little bit to be funny and i mean yeah so that'd be cool to so are you are you you're doing your regular job and are you just doing so is true villains your full-time or your uh, your only music gig or are you doing uh, other still music gigs yeah pretty much just true villains okay. i really don't have time for other stuff if i was going to do something else it'd just be like i'm like you know for fun True yeah. villain is true villains is like, you know, that's, that's all of ours. Like we all do separate things. Like the other guys too, you know, they'll do side man gigs mm-hmm. for money. Cause down here, you know, there's tons of country artists, like people that don't actually have bands where they're just an artist, a singer hmm. and they have to hire a band to play for them. Wow. So 
so some of the guys, you know, will go out and do sidemen gigs oh. and I I'll pick up other other things here and there too, but True Villains is like our that's like our love child. Yeah. So you're doing like, like the thing that we're going to make happen. Are you still doing the carpentry or you're like building closets or something? That's kind of like your full-time gig. And then you do yep. the true villains on the side. How many gigs at one point you were doing like, uh, uh, like a bunch of gigs at night after your day job. Are you still doing that? Or how many gigs a week do you play now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we still do that too. Uh, this week we're doing like four, four gigs. Wow. And there's, there's actually a bunch That's of a people lot. from like, the last time when we were on tour of Steel Panther, since they're coming into town this weekend, they're all coming early to come hang out on the strip and like watch us play. <laughs> That's awesome. Which pretty, which is pretty cool. So how does that work? Like if you have the day job, what time does the day job start? And then you go play the, in the band. Do you wake up the next day? Like, and you're like, Oh shit. Cause you, are you out late or how does, how does that work? Yeah, there are, there are sometimes right now the bars down here are only open till 11. Really? So like, but oh, so they can't be that. open late, but there are okay. times when, you know, on the regular, when it's regular, you're, uh, like the closing shift, which we would do a lot was, um, 10 30 to two 30. So by the time I get home, you know, it's three in the morning, three 30 in the morning. And then I still have to wake up and be at work at eight o'clock. Oh fuck. That's hard. But it was more of a, you know, we've, we've made true villains like a full-time thing. Mm -hmm. I just, I do the, it's different now with COVID, but before I was kind of just doing both just because I just like to hustle. I just like to make as much money as yeah. I can. And you're I, moving I'm and shaking. You're making connections. A lot of people in Nashville are connected. Do you mm -hmm. ever run into like people like uh John Karabi or Rachel Bolin or any of those kind of guys in, in Nashville? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I saw Rachel at Nick, our producer's birthday party. Oh, he was hanging out there and I, I chatted with him for just a little bit. I mean, he probably doesn't know who I am or that we were recording with Nick. He probably just thought we were some dudes at Nick's birthday party. Sure. Yeah. But that's pretty but, cool. But, uh, like Lizzie Hale was there too. And I've seen her around town a couple of times. She knows who true villains are now from Nick too. Yeah. So how and does like, that work? Because you said you're not signed to a label. How do you get Nick as a producer? Isn't he like, how does he get paid then? Is he just like trying to bank on the future of the band or? Uh, yeah, we kind of like work some, he, he's through another mutual friend, um, that works at CSAC. Okay. Um, this mutual friend is like in the rock department there and he had been following, like, you know, keeping in touch with the band for a while, coming out to some shows and he's the one that told Nick about us and Nick came out to a show and saw us play live and just really liked it. So we got in a room with him and played through all of our songs. And then he's like, all right, I want to record you guys. And hmm. we worked, we worked something out and then we got in the studio and recorded some songs. So what do you mean? Yeah. Work something out. Like, do you have to pay him up front or is he getting paid on the back end? Like with the royalties later down the line? It's, uh, <laughs> it's just like a, it's like a, I don't know. I don't know if I'm supposed to even talk about it. It's just like a, you know, we just worked out a deal. Okay. <laughs> wow. That sounds kind of shady. <laughs> nah, it's not, it's not shady. Uh, I'm just fucking with it's, you. Um, it was very, it's that's very, cool. He's just, he's, no, that's really cool. cool. He really, seems like a real, that's really awesome. Grateful to have his help yeah. I'm really like, excited. Yeah. I'm really excited for you guys. I'm excited for the world to hear you guys. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm surprised that you guys aren't bigger yet, but I think obviously you only have two songs, so it's going to take some time. What is your goal for the band? Like, you want to obviously make this a full-time thing. Do, do you want to start doing like the festivals and the cruise ships? Cause I feel like that's how you kind of get the name for yourself 
is you're on those festivals, you know, those big sheets that you see and it's like 40, 50, 60 bands and you're like the yeah. tiny small print. That's how you start. I feel like. Right. Yeah, for sure. That, I mean, that can help you get your numbers up right there on Spotify and all that stuff just by, yeah. <clears throat> just by being that tiny name. Yeah, Cause people are like, who the fuck is this guy? And they look, yeah, there you go. Hear your music. Um, I mean, we were supposed to play louder than life a couple years ago, but then okay. it actually got flooded. It got rained out. So it never, <sighs> it didn't even happen. Yeah. Um, it's goals just because of COVID. I mean, we're going to keep releasing music. We're, we're actually releasing, um, two more songs in like the upcoming months, probably in January and February. And okay. then just kind of see where the world is at. You know, we're not, we're just one of those bands, like we're already doing it on our own, you know? So we're not trying to be like a lot of other bands where we're desperate. We're not going to take some, you know, deal that a label gives us. That's total shit. Cause we don't, you know, we're just, we're out here doing it on our own. So we're going to keep hustling and doing yeah. the best we can. And when we meet somebody that really like gets what we're doing and wants to be a part of the team, then, you know, it'll work out. And otherwise we're just going to keep doing it on our own until something good comes along. Do you guys have a manager? Um, yeah, we've kind of, we just started working, um, with this guy named Rob McDermott. Okay. He's helping us out right now. He managed Lincoln Park for oh, a really, really long time. That's a pretty good resume. And yeah. Yeah. And we've we had some other people kind of here and there that were helping us before, but you know, it's still a waiting game because of COVID. Nobody's really sure what's yeah. gonna happen. You know, it's like people are booking festivals and there are some shows that are supposedly gonna happen, but nobody's a hundred percent sure yet. So yeah. Well, I, I uh, wish I heard it, on the radio today they have that cure that's supposed to be ninety five percent. Yes, so it went from ninety percent a couple of week ago or a couple of days ago to now this new one is ninety five percent of it. so. And I think if they get even just half the population takes it, I think we'd have herd immunity. So that should be enough. Supposedly, too, they said this ninety five percent one you can keep in your own freezer, whereas the other one had to be in some like super low temperature fridge. So it was going to be harder hmm. to distribute it. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just ready to, you know, I'm just ready to play as much as possible again. Absolutely. So what other bands, uh, you mentioned some, but what other bands are, are newer bands that you're listening to or on the strip in Nashville that I, you guys always know more than we do that, you know, if we're not in the scene, I know you'd said some people that in Nashville, like Eric Perry and Seth cook, Chris Ferrara, is there other people in Nashville that are, that are up and coming that you're, uh, uh, yeah, those are those are all artists that are like all around the board too. Um, Eric Perrion's like a soul kind of rock guy. Yeah, he's really Chris good. is a country guy. Um, Seth Cook is like a '80s pop kind of dude. Another good friend of ours, Riley Bria. Um, he's got a cool like country mixed with throwback '80s pop sound. Oh, I like um, '80s pop. A friend pop. from Texas named Austin Mead. He just got signed recently. And he just put out a music video for his new single called Happier Alone. Yeah, I saw that somehow. Did you share that or something? I saw that somewhere. Uh, I, I think I shared it on yeah. Instagram. Okay. And yeah, that was good. just like another another friend through, through other friends. And uh, yeah, I really dig his sound too. He's got more of like a country. He's a, originally like a Texas country artist. But okay. he's starting to get more into like a rock vibe too, which is cool. Is there but a band? He's that, another up and coming yeah. guy. 
Is there a band that you'd want to tour with? Like if you guys did a, a, a club tour with another band or opening for a band, is there a band you want to open for? Besides, obviously you've already opened for Steel Panther, but. Uh, you said Royal Blood, Highly Suspect. Yeah. yeah. Royal, Royal Blood. Or if it was like smaller bands too. I, I really like the smaller circuit rather than like big, big club. I don't know. There's something about like a small room that's yes. more fun. Yeah. And that's probably going to be something that comes back faster maybe right yeah definitely no because it's safer Royal blood would be awesome or dinosaur pile up or broken love okay kind of like the bands that i listen to a lot right now so yeah cool and joyous wolf you said you like them too as well yeah i like yeah. them too do you like we know Ro- their we know their booking guy oh, okay uh, their booking agent andrew because he actually lives here in nashville do you like Ro- rival sons that was one that uh singer of joyous oh. wolf loves yes yeah, yeah i forgot he didn't do i love rival sons i yeah. listened to them a lot. I've seen them a lot too. That would be another, what he said too is true. That's like the band that's like carrying the rock and roll torch, but I would have to say the Foo Fighters too. Oh, Rival Rival Sons and the Foo Fighters are like carrying the straight up rock and roll torch. Your producer, Nick has some, he, did he produce them or he was a mixer or he worked with them in some capacity, right? Yeah. He did two of their albums. Um, I know he did in your, he did in your honor. And then he did some, other one that was kind of like his first big thing uh, okay that, that's that's like what kick-started his thing is gotcha. he did one Foo fighters album i think dave Grohl was just looking for a producer that would come to their location oh. and just be with them and write an album and like doing it and nick's like yeah, i feel like that's anything. like five thousand producers that would come to the Foo fighters like they could be in like guatemala or something and they <laughs> For some reason, at this point in time, they had a hard time finding somebody that would do it that they wanted, and Nick was, and <laughs> Nick was just like, "Yep, I'm coming." Yeah, I would, I would, I would, I think that's crazy that they couldn't find. That's interesting. All right, well, that's good for Nick then. Yeah, I'm excited for the future of your band. I think it's going to be. I'm really excited, actually. Like, I'm excited for people to hear this. Uh, hopefully, people that follow me. I know some other podcasters listen to my uh, show, so maybe they will reach out and get you some more interviews and get your name out there a little bit more. Um, because I think the world needs to hear you guys. I think you guys sound really good. I listen to a lot of music and there's a lot of good music out there, but also there's a lot of crap and, uh, you guys are definitely <laughs> at the, uh, at the top of the stuff that I've listened to recently. So it's really Thank good. You. We appreciate that very much. Yeah. So I always end with a charity. Um, did we decide, are we doing the drive the Nashville drive the music Nashville? Okay. There's actually an, like music, music cares. Oh, okay. Is that the and same thing that- or are they, I forget. I think it might be like through the same uh, company or um, I, I don't know. know. Music cares is just like the main one. I'd especially that, right, heard okay. about in Nashville. Yes. Or just like music because there are so many, you know, I think it's I related to the drive. The music. I think if you buy this t-shirt, the music goes to music cares, but yeah, Oh, probably. Yeah, I think probably. so. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because they kind of just distribute it to all musicians. Yes. And even, you know, I have a side hustle job, but there's a lot of musicians here that, you know, they only do the music thing. And when, when COVID hit and all these musicians lost all of their gigs, music cares was, you know, sending out, uh, you know, you had to verify, you know, that you were a paid musician and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah to get a check, but they were sending out checks to these musicians just trying really? to help them through the month. Yeah. Wow. Like I had quite a few friends who are only musicians and they got like a check for $1,200 or something to just try to help them get through that month. Wow. And that's I think awesome. eventually, eventually the money had like, you know, it ran out because there were so many sure. musicians that lost all their gigs. <sighs> yeah, I know. Or just, it wasn't just musicians. It was, it's for anybody in the music industry, really. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. There's so many, I mean, there's musicians even here in Phoenix. We've got a few, like we got the black moods and stuff like that that are, yeah, we know those guys. Oh, you do? Yeah. Uh, we played with them once at the rats going to Indy. Oh yeah. You were wearing that shirt of theirs. I actually have that same shirt. Oh, okay. Yeah. They were supposed to tour with joyous wolf. And then, uh, obviously the COVID thing hit, so it didn't work out, but, uh, yeah, there's like the black moods. There's a band, uh, a really, uh, really a talented kid, Eddie Eberly. He's in a band called Eddie and the Getaway. He just actually moved to Nashville, so keep an eye out for him if you I'll see him around. Him up on Instagram, yeah, he's he's really good. They got kind of like a Gin Blossoms kind of sound. It's it's like that '90s pop stuff. It's really good stuff. So right. very cool. Yeah, I will definitely. I would love to come and hopefully you come to Phoenix and do a show. If not, I will probably be at Nashville at some point and come see you guys. So. Yeah, hit us up. All right. Thanks so much, Bo, for doing this. I really appreciate it. And uh, don't forget me when you're famous. Thank you for having us. All right. All right. Bye-bye. So Bo Lastovich is the man. The band is true villains. I think both are going to be huge. And you can follow them both on social media. Follow me as well to keep up and make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen or watch. If you really want to go all out, you can write me a review for the podcast or share it on social media. That would really help me out a lot. I've got some really exciting interviews lined up that I think everyone's going to love. So thank you all for listening. And remember, shoot for the moon.